immediately follows the account of our Lord's transfiguration. Uh, there he, he experienced glory as his, his face and, and even his clothing uh, were transformed into uh, a bright, radiant kind of whiteness the kind of glory that characterizes various divine appearances or visions that we find in Scripture. And on that mount of uh, transfiguration, our Lord Jesus also heard his Father's affirmation as those words that were spoken from heaven by the Father at his baptism were repeated, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And then the added words, Hear him. Likewise, true that our Lord Jesus experienced a kind of holy fellowship on that uh, mountain as Moses and Elijah appeared uh, and spoke to him. And we know that they spoke to him about his coming death, the defeat, the exodus that he would accomplish at Jerusalem. Holy fellowship with uh, departed saints who uh, were in sympathy and did understand the nature of his mission and task to I guess convert uh, his the people among whom he ministered and contrary in so many respects to his own disciples but then we find that immediately after this experience it's as if our Lord Jesus Christ is back into, into the thick of battle battle with demonic powers and confronting Again, the the ignorance and the unbelief of people. This man in our text brought his terribly afflicted uh, and demon-possessed boy to Jesus and brought him for help. But in Jesus' absence, the remaining nine disciples, they sought to cast this demon out of the boy, only to meet with failure. And perhaps with ridicule as well from the scribes. We know uh, from Mark's account that when Jesus returned and uh, Peter, James, and John, that the scribes or the teachers of the law were disputing with the disciples. And Jesus asked them what, what the argument was about. And at that point, the, the man with the demon-possessed son explains the situation that he brought his son to them and they couldn't cast him out. Perhaps this gave rise to some kind of dispute between the disciples and the teachers of the law with regard to Jesus. We're not given those details, but that seems to be the likely connection. Certainly we know that the disciples were disputing with the scribes in the connection uh, with their failure to cast out this demon. Now I've already alluded to Mark's account. And Luke likewise gives details to this story that are not recorded here by Matthew, and we will give some attention to them as they shed light on our text. But what is at the heart of this passage for our consideration this afternoon is our Lord's teaching on faith. Jesus teaches lessons of faith in his deliverance of a demon-possessed boy teaches lessons on faith for his disciples and for us this afternoon. Lessons to uh, inspire us and to motivate us. Lessons even to humble us 
fact, the first lesson appears to be of that nature. As Jesus implores, he expresses strong disapproval of a shameful lack of faith that he encounters. He raises a kind of lament in verse 17. Oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replies. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? He describes people as, as faithless, as perverse, as sinners, having a distorted view, a distorted view of Jesus, a distorted view of spiritual truth. When we read this, this uh, language of our Lord Jesus, ask the question, what exactly is Jesus speaking uh, to or about? Is he describing the scribes as, as faithless and, and uh, perverse? Well, that's certainly the case. That's certainly an explicit and distorted view of our Lord Jesus. Is he referring to the multitude? We know that there was a multitude that had gathered unto him. And we also know that by and large the multitude were unbelieving. They did not truly know the Lord Jesus in terms of his true identity and the nature of his mission. But our text gives no reason to say that what Jesus says here doesn't apply to others. That it doesn't also apply to this man who brought his son to, to, to Jesus and to his disciples. We know that this man had faith. Yet there was much that was lacking in his faith. We learn from uh, Luke's account that he came to Jesus saying, If you can, help us. If you can, Jesus returned to him and asked him why. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. There's no question of Jesus' power in this. The man had faith, but it was far from a perfect faith. The same certainly is true of the disciples. They, they were believers, but their faith here appears to be quite ineffective, quite impotent to accomplish anything before this challenge that they were facing. So there's no reason to exclude them from Jesus' words here in our text. We might even say that there's a, a kind of note of exasperation in our Lord's voice. That's a very rare thing exhibited such amazing patience and long-suffering with his disciples. But at this point, it seems as if there is, there is an outbreak of, of frustration and ex exasperation over a lack of faith. It pained him. It wearied him to be among them and to continually confront their a kind of, uh, of rebuke, of rather severe rebuke. And this is lesson one from this text. And that is that a lack of faith is powerless to restrain, especially after having received abundant and strong comfort from the suffering. And indeed, the disciples had all received such abundant 
strong conscience. But a lack of faith in view of such demonstrations of Christ's power and grace is not merely weakness. It is that. But it is a fault as well. It's not simply the way it is. It's also the way it ought not to be. And Jesus' words here involve uh, a kind of rebuke. This little faith that he confronts them with, it greatly displeased him. He wanted his disciples to believe firmly in him. And he wants us to have strong faith. And he gives such good reason for us to have such strong faith. By little faith, by weak faith, we hurt ourselves. We hurt ourselves by suffering groundless pain. It's interesting how often the words uh, fear not are combined uh, with the uh, problem of little faith. Why did you fear? Where is your faith? Jesus asked his disciples on another occasion when they made a number of persuaded that that is our duty is to be itself of great help to us. Often we might think of ourselves simply as victims of weak faith and little faith. We fail to take responsibility for our faith. We fail to to read the promises of Scripture with, with the intention and purpose of believing them and taking hold of them for ourselves despite our feelings and fears.
is our faith. And it glorifies God. That's the word that is used in Jesus' report of Naaman's lack of faith in this passage. And then he explains the amazing power of faith. After Jesus rebuked this demon and delivered uh, this boy, the disciples asked,
than this matter of moving a mountain or to move a mountain For there is no temptation that is so great that it is impossible to do evil to you which is good. There are no enemies of Satan that are too strong so that it's impossible to do evil to them. No, the seed of man is obviously not weak, but it is impossible to say to even the smallest temptation, the slightest burden that you suffer.
they should rather have stirred themselves up to more prayer. They They should have sought to arouse themselves to greater faith, remembering Jesus' commission, believing it, expecting his power to be manifested in his time. And in the meantime, they're going to persevere. They're going to continue to pray. not to be pulled down without knowing where it's coming from. The disciples have learned to pray. They've learned to continue to pray. They can pray without ceasing. They teach other Christians to pray. In fact, you even find them setting apart time to fast. That's what we're called to do. Seek the Lord over a matter of great importance find the Apostle Paul saying that I, I, I beat up my own body, bring it into subjection, exercising these rather vigorous uh, exertions of self-discipline. Why? To merit favors? No. But in seeking first God's kingdom and his righteousness. Seeking the Lord over a matter of without a battle. No. That's not what it means to have faith. It doesn't mean that everything comes easy. Having faith doesn't mean getting immediate answers through prayer. Having faith doesn't mean seeing immediate results. Having faith doesn't doesn't mean that we do our part and then God does his. But what it means is this. God prepares to show his power and grace by preparing us to pray. First preparing us to value prayer. Raising us believing strongly enough, you make it happen. You create your own reality by 
simply believing some kind of power, a positive movement, some kind of an active spiritual force by simply believing that things will be or they are the way you want them to be. Thank you. 